This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Father, we thank you for this wonderful opportunity we have as children of God to come together to worship you in spirit and in truth. We also thank you for the word of God. I make it known that I'm not trusting or depending on limited human abilities to teach. But I am depending upon you, Holy Spirit. Therefore, I know without doubt that you anoint my mind. That I might grasp the revelation that will rise in abundance from my heart within. Thank you now for a supernatural recall of the scripture. I believe that your word will flow from my mouth smoothly, accurately, clearly, without hindrance from anything, carried by your anointing, your power and love, to each and every person's mind. Bring understanding, remove your confusion. That your will enter every heart, bringing faith, dispelling every fear. And we declare in the name of Jesus that we give God all the glory for all that's revealed and accomplished through his word and by his spirit here in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, remain standing. We're going to welcome our television audience. Welcome to Christian Family Church, Johannesburg, right here next to the city airport on Atlas Road. This morning's message is, is titled, uh, The Power of Purpose. This message will inspire you not only to understand the purpose that God has for you, but to walk in it and enjoy the blessings as a result of it. So please welcome them this morning. Stay with us. God bless you. And you may be seated. Please open your Bible to Luke chapter 15 and verse 3. So Jesus used this illustration. If you had 100 sheep and one of them strayed away and was lost in the wilderness, wouldn't you leave the 99 others at home to go search for the lost one until you found it? And then you would joyfully carry it home on your shoulders. Now notice that you would joyfully carry it home on your shoulders. When you arrived, you'd call together all your friends and neighbors to rejoice with you because your lost sheep was found. In the same way, heaven will be happier over one lost sinner who returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Now once again here, the Lord Jesus is revealing to us the Father's heart of love for the lost. We also learn that when a sheep is lost, it becomes afraid, lies down, refuses to stand up. The sheep must be carried back home. Now, it's true when somebody's lost, they're unsaved, don't know the Lord, that they don't have God's wisdom and guidance. So when challenges come their way and problems overcome them, they get afraid, don't know what to do, don't even know how to pray properly. 
And the Bible tells us in the second book of Corinthians, chapter 4, and verse 4, that Satan, the God of this world, has blotted the minds of the unsaved so they can't understand the gospel. Can't understand it. So therefore, it's up to us to go out, find that lost sheep, and bring it home. You see, in the natural, when a sheep is lost and senses danger, it lies down. It doesn't move. If it's in the bush, it'll just stay there, frozen, like a deer caught in the headlights. Won't move. And uh, even if a wild animal comes, it won't run away. It'll just lie there. A lion will eat it. So the shepherd has to carry that frozen, by fear, sheep on his shoulders back because it won't walk like a dog following him. He has to carry it back. The Lord is using that illustration to explain to us that we need to go out, find those lost sheep, and bring them to church. They're not going to come on their own. We make arrangements. Listen, I'm coming to your house on Sunday morning at 8 o'clock. Be ready. You're getting in my car. I'm taking you to church. And when they have a problem, that's a very good time to tell them, I'm coming to pick you up to take you to church. God can fix this for you. Amen? I used to do that. When I got saved, I had a, a little yellow, a red minibus with flowers all over it. There was disco on the front and the back. And I'd tell my friends, I'm picking up ex such such a time on Sunday. And you're coming with me. Where are you going? Where are we going? That's the secret. I wouldn't tell them. And I brought them to church. Dozens and dozens and dozens like that every week. I, I conned them into getting saved. That's true. I don't mind. But you know what? Once they were born again, they never complained. They never complained. They thanked me. There's Lindsay right there. He'll put up his hand and tell you that's the truth. All right, so lost souls who are caught up in problems of life need us to bring them to church, and then they will get saved. It's easy enough, right? Thank you for that holy amen. Now, <clears throat> souls do not understand when they're lost that they're dying and going to the fires of hell forever. But we need to be aware of that. Because if we're aware of where they're going, it will motivate us to go out and bring those lost sheep and carry them to church. So let's look at that. Revelation 20.11. And I saw a great white throne, and I saw the one who was sitting on it, the earth and sky fled from his presence, but they found no place to hide. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne, and the books were opened, including the book of life. And the dead were judged according to things written in the books, according to what they had done. The sea gave up the dead in it, and death and life, sorry, death and the grave gave up the dead in them. 
They were all judged according to their deeds. Said that. They were judged according to their deeds. And death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. So now, right now, folks are in hell. That's called Hades in Greek. And the second death, the lake of fire, is far worse. That's the word Gehenna. So they come out of Hades, get judged, and go back to Gehenna. So that's where they're going to spend eternity, family of God. This is a very serious problem for everyone who dies without Christ. This is where they will spend eternity. We are literally snatching people out of the flame, out of the flames of fire when we bring them to church and then lead them to Jesus. Amen. Take those three holy amens. Are you with me, family? Mark chapter 8, verse 34. Let's go there. Then Jesus called his disciples and the crowd to come over and listen. He said, if any one of you wants to be my follower, he told them, how many of you want to be a follower of Jesus? Can I see your hands? Now, I would recommend you put your hand up at this point. God's watching. Let's try that again. Are you watching God? Yes, he is. Okay. How many of you want to be a follower of Jesus? Fine. Just checking. I want to make sure I'm in the right church here. Okay. If any of you wants to be my follower, he told them, this is what you have to do. You must, not I recommend, you must put aside your selfish ambition. Say this, I must stop living for myself. It's getting awfully quiet in this Presbyterian church. Second thing, in case you're a visitor here, we're not a Presbyterian church. I love the Presbyterians, but we're not a Presbyterian church. All right. You must put aside your selfish ambition. Secondly, you must shoulder your cross and follow Jesus. He said, shoulder your cross and follow me. So now, shoulder your cross. What is he talking about? That means die to self. Right? Take up your cross. Like Paul said in Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. It's not I that liveth, but Christ is alive in me. Say this, I am crucified with Christ. I've laid my life down to serve Him. He laid His life down for me, and I've laid my life down for Him. Say this, now Jesus can live His life through me. Praise God. Amen. See, God cannot do that until we are willing to get out the way. If I'm living for me, God will not overrule my will. Amen? He let me run on and do what I want to do. He gave us a free will. So we have to be willing to lay our life down so His life can be seen in us. His plan and purpose can be accomplished through us, right? He said, 
If you want to be my follower, you must put aside your selfish ambition, shoulder your cross, and follow me. Can we do that? Let me see how many of you can do that. Put your hand up. I, you know, I feel like a dentist offering root canals. I'm talking about going to heaven. Are you okay with that? Let's try that again. How many of you are willing, how many of you are willing to lay your life down so Jesus can live through his life, through you, so you can go to heaven and have great rewards? Put up your hand, a little enthusiasm will help. All right, praise God. Now then, he said in verse 35, if you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. Hello? We need to read that, right? But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will find true life. So how many of us here today are willing to give up our life for the sake of the gospel? Good. We're warming up now. Feel like this church is just woken up. Amen. You're wondering how you got gotcha. you. Your coffee's cold. Okay. Verse 36. And how do you benefit if you gain the whole world and lose your own soul in the process? Is anything worth more than your soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? No. So Jesus said, if a person is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous and sinful days, I, the Son of Man, will be ashamed of that person when I return in the glory of my Father with the holy angels. These are strong words. Jesus is saying, if I'm ashamed to tell people I'm a believer, he'll be ashamed of me. If I'm ashamed to say, come with me to church, he's ashamed of me. We are not to be ashamed to be associated with Jesus in this adulterous and sinful world. Thank you for those three holy amens. So this, I'm not ashamed to be associated with Jesus. I am not prepared to keep my Christianity a secret. I'm not a super, I'm not a Christian. No, I am a Christian. I'm not, I'm not a spiritual secret agent man. Amen. Let's talk about our God-given purpose in life. Have you ever wondered what your God-given purpose in life is? I guess not. Okay. Three is God's divine number, right? Seven is also. But God has given us at least three divine purposes for our life in relation to himself. In relation to himself. Number one, Jesus told us to love him. Number two, he told us to follow him. Number three, he told us to abide in him. That means fellowship with him. Can we accept those as three divine 
purposes for our life. Love God, follow God, fellowship with God. Can we agree with that? Thank you. Now these are our divinely given purposes in our relationship with our Father in heaven. The first purpose of our life is to love God. Let's talk about that. So how do I know that I'm truly loving God? I've had people to say to me, well, you know, Apostle Theo, um, God knows my heart. He knows my heart. He knows I love Him. As Norval Hayes would say, bluebirds love the Lord. You can hear them sing in the morning. Guess where He lives? There's bluebirds. But, family, loving God is a little more than that. John 15, 14. So John 14, 15. Jesus said, If you love me, obey my commandments. Okay? It's easy to say I love God, but let's test that. Am I obeying His commandments? Once again, it's getting awfully quiet in the Presbyterian Church. Now one might argue the greatest commandment that God ever gave us is the Great Commission. Is the Great Commission. After all, Jesus rose from the dead and the last thing He said to His followers before going up in the cloud out of their sight back to the throne of God was this found in Matthew 28 verse 19. Jesus said, Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. So this is now, we call this now the Great Commission. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Lord and teaching them to obey me. I wonder if anybody ever read that in the Bible. Did anybody ever read that in the Bible? Three of you. Okay, well, we all read it now this morning. Amen. Say that. This is called the Great Commission because it's the Great Commission. Okay. Now, it's the Great Commission, and we might agree this might be the greatest command God ever gave the church just before leaving. And there's three steps here, if we look at this command. Three steps. One, evangelize. He didn't say make converts. Evangelize. Two, baptize. Three, educate. That's our mission. Evangelize, baptize, educate. So how can I claim to love God if I'm ignoring this great commission, if I am totally indifferent to lost souls, if I'm totally indifferent to this command of God to make disciples, if I don't care about it, how can I claim to love God? Because he said, if you'll love me, you'll obey my commandments. So I wonder here this morning how many of us Love God. Don't put your hands up now. Because really what I'm saying is, how many of you are bringing people to church? Because those are the ones that love God. Are you out there or gone home? Are you out there? 
So it's getting awfully quiet in Presbyterian Church this morning. He said, John 14, 15, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments, you'll obey my commandments. All right. Now, the second greatest purpose in our life is to follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. So how many of us are following Jesus? Well, before you put up your hand, let's see what that is. Matthew 4, 19, Jesus said to him, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. In other words, he's saying, if you'll follow me, you'll end up becoming a soul winner. Say that if I follow Jesus, I'll end up becoming a soul winner. Say this, if I follow Jesus, I'll end up bringing people to church. Because, he said, if you follow me, I'll make you into a fisher of men. Hello. So now I'm not going to ask how many of you are following Jesus. I don't want to embarrass you yet. All right, the third great God-given purpose in our life is to abide in fellowship. Abide in fellowship with the Lord. So, are you abiding in the Lord? Let's see. John 15, verse 4. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Unless you abide in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He abides in me, and I in him bears much fruit. For that me, you can do nothing. Say so that if I don't abide in Jesus, I cannot bear fruit. The Lord Jesus said, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. So Jesus said, if I abide in him, if I fellowship with him, I will bear fruit. Is that right? So if I don't abide in him, I can't bear fruit. If you cut a branch off the grapevine, come grape season, don't be shocked if there's no grapes on the branch. Hello? See how much we learn in church? Are you tracking me, family? Okay, now then, we have to abide. So I must fellowship with God. And if I fellowship with God, I will bear fruit. If I don't, I won't. So what fruit's he talking about? What fruit? Well, let's find out. Go with me, please, to John 4, verse 36. New Living Translation. Jesus is speaking. The harvesters are paid good wages. And the fruit of their harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. So the fruit that he's talking about is the souls of men and women brought to Christ to receive eternal life. The harvesters, the soul winners, are paid good wages. Now when God says He gives us good wages, that means we get good wages. Because when God blesses, we are blessed. So the soul winners are blessed in this life and in eternity. 
praise God. Amen. The heroes of eternity are not the famous rock stars and movie stars of this world. No. The heroes of eternity are not the famous sports stars of this world. No. Their names won't even be remembered for eternity. Are you tracking me? The heroes of eternity are soul winners. I thought I'd get a much bigger amen than that. Say it again. The heroes of eternity are soul winners. Praise God. So, I know that I'm abiding in the Lord. I know that I'm in fellowship with Him if I bear fruit. In other words, if I win souls. If I do not abide in the Lord, I cannot bear fruit. If I do not abide in the Lord, I'm not able to win souls. I've never heard of a backslider winning souls. Never. I've heard of those who are on fire for Jesus winning souls. Because they abide in Him. So how can I claim to abide in the Lord? How can I claim to be in fellowship with God if I never even think about lost souls? It's getting awfully quiet in the Presbyterian Church. Now look here, family. Sometimes you get on the wrong road, eh? right? Sometimes you do. We don't realize it. We just kind of float down this little river. Get lulled into passivity. Time to wake up. Listen carefully here. Jesus said, broad is the way that leads to destruction. Man, they be the finite. And narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. Few, they be the finite. And we don't need a cheerleading message if we're on the wrong road. Keep going. You can make it. Just charge on. We don't need that kind of message if we're on the wrong, broad way. We need a coach to tell us, get off that road. Get on the right road. I'm your coach this morning. Amen? Let's get on the narrow road. Let's stay where God wants us, on fire for Jesus, winning souls. If you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. So this is very important. So let's think about what we heard this morning. So we prove that we love God by keeping His commandments. And He has commanded us to win souls and make disciples. We prove that we follow God by becoming a fisher of men, winning souls. We prove that we are abiding in God by bearing much fruit, bringing people to church. It's clear then that our greatest purpose in life is to bring the harvest of lost souls to Jesus. So that my greatest purpose in life is to bring the harvest of lost souls to Jesus. As I said last week, your house is only worth what somebody is willing to pay for it. And not what we imagine. Sometimes we imagine our house is worth three times what it really is worth. But it's only worth what the highest bidder will pay for that house. And the lost soul is worth what God paid for it. God paid for that lost soul with the life of Christ. 
Christ, the creator of all things, the one who keeps all things together with his power right now. The one that provides life, the life source. He's the life source of every atom, every molecule of all existence. He's the life source of everything and holding it all together right now. God the Father gave him to buy a lost soul. That's the value of that soul. Now put up your hand and say this. When I bring a lost soul to God, I'm bringing to the Father a gift worth as much as Christ. And say this, God is greatly blessed and will bless me for eternity for bringing him such a valuable gift. So there is power and purpose because when we focus on the harvest and bring them to God, we experience deep, rich fellowship with God. We experience His joy filling our hearts, His love, the love of the Father for us. Proverbs 11.30, here when souls is wise. So my message is titled, The Power of Purpose. Each one of us has been assigned a God-given purpose. Those who fulfill God's purpose have authority in God's kingdom. They shall walk in His power. They'll walk in His blessing. They'll live in His favor. They'll live in His prosperity. That leads me to my final question here today. Are you following Jesus? In other words, are you focused on bringing in lost to church? Or are you like so many Christians who have invited Jesus to follow them? They say, God, this is what I'm going to do. Please bless it. This is what I want. Please bless it. This is my plan. Please bless it. I'm going over here. Please bless it. I'm going to do this. Please bless it. So Jesus is behind them, following them, blessing them every inch of the way. I want to be a follower of Jesus. I'm not expecting Jesus to follow me everywhere I go. I must be following him. He said, be a follower of me. Now I want to know from you, are you a follower of Jesus or do you expect Jesus to follow you? Which way is it? Listen to this poem. It's an old poem. It's a few hundred years old, but it's very powerful. It's up on the screens for you to read with me. Must I go and empty-handed, thus my dear Redeemer meet? Not one day of service give him, lay no trophy at his feet. Not at death I shrink nor falter, for my Savior saves me now. But to meet him empty-handed, thought of that, now clouds my brow. Oh, he saints, arouse, be earnest, up and work while yet tis day. Ere the night of death, oh, take thee, strive for souls while still you may. Must I go and empty-handed, must I meet my Savior so? Not one soul with which to greet him, must I empty-handed go. Of the years of sinning wasted, could I but recall them now, I would give them to my Savior 
to his will, I'd gladly bow. I am raising my hand this morning because I'm going to be committed to be a soul winner. If you are ready to be committed to be soul winners, raise your right hand now. This is not an altar call for salvation. This is an altar call for Christians to step out the boat and win souls. So I expect every believer here this morning to have their hand raised to God. Please say this prayer with me from your heart. Let's talk to God. Say this, Father God. That we can do better than that. Dear God, I'm sorry and repent for not being ready, willing, available to witness, to invite people to church as I should have been, for not being as conscious of lost souls as I should have been. And today, I make a determined decision to rectify that. I declare from today, I will be aware of lost souls. And I thank you, Father, for guiding me by your Spirit to the lost, to bring them to Jesus, to invite them to church. I am available, and I will look for opportunities open doors to talk about Jesus. Share my testimony. Praise God. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.